The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Promoting positivity and inclusivity, you're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Recording in progress. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being on our program today and on our show. And it's always a pleasure to come together with all of you as intentional spirits. I, uh, for those of you that tune in uh, with the show more actively, um, you're aware that, that I have been facilitating a process with my family moving across the United States. So that being said, you've been uh, getting some encores. And we saved our guest today because she is special. She's all that and better than a slice of vegan cheese, as far as I'm concerned. And that's Dr. Susan Shumsky. Uh, Dr. Susan, welcome to our show today. And I'm so glad you're here. I am thrilled to be with you today, Temple. I'm so excited. Well, you and I have... um, have connected. We've um, we've uh, you know shared bread together. We've broken bread together. We've talked about your your amazing travel uh, company that that you've had that will be jump starting again. And you are. I was uh, reading more about you. You have twenty books now, right? <laughs> and when books- you sleep. <laughs> I don't. 20 books in English and 36 foreign editions. And I've won 42 book awards. Those are my statistics. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, just a big old round of applause for you right there now. Oh my gosh. Well, congrats, congrats, congrats. And having been an author, uh, nothing comparable to you. But hey, that's intense. That's a a lot of effort and a, a lot of work. So I applaud you. I applaud you for that. Well, let's take everybody on a journey today um, because as intentional spirits, uh, one of the the values that I've always liked to show people is often when we see, well, there's Dr. Susan and look at her. She has 20 books and they're in so many languages and, and she does the travel thing. It's like people have a tendency of thinking, 
oh, you just walked out of one life and you just walked into that one and everything was effortless. And I like to show people because often our listeners from all over the world are people that they're, they're lying dormant in a dream. You know, they have this pull, they have something calling them and they're sitting in this place of not feeling enough or they don't have the right degree or, you know, or whatever the reasons might be. And people like you share your story about who you were and how you unfolded. And that gives everybody uh, such hope and inspiration. So how did you get to be the person that you are actually caring about the world? Because you could have just been a greeter at a department store and called it a day at four o'clock. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm simply saying, how did you emerge from your life? How did your life shape shift you to be the light you are? I was a product of the 60s. <laughs> I mm-hmm. was a product of the flower power and the hippie revolution, the spiritual revolution that changed the world. And we were really passionate about changing the world. We were passionate about let's create a better world. Uh, let's get rid of this horrible war over there in Vietnam. What, what are we doing there? And let's make love, not war. And, you know, at that time, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were hippies, uh, you know, it wasn't just all about sex, drugs and rock and roll. We were actually (laughs) seeking higher consciousness. We were looking for nirvana. And at that time, the people we were following, our gurus at that time, were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Dass. They wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. And they told us that we could reach nirvana through LSD. And I tried that. It didn't work out very well for me, I'll tell you. Um, I actually had a horrible psychotic episode as a result of taking LSD. But I still wanted to reach nirvana. So I tried taking LSD more times. I tried some other drugs. And, you know, I eventually did have some good experiences with the drugs. But I tell you, I was really looking for something real. I wanted real meditation. And, you know, I was reading the Buddhist scriptures. I was reading Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. I was reading The Way of Zen and other works by Alan Watts. And in his books, uh, he was saying you have to find a meditation guide. Well, in uh, 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly open the yellow pages and find meditation guide. (laughs) similar to that so I asked a friend how do I do this how do I find this meditation guide he said well have you ever tried to meditate yourself so I said okay I'll give it a shot so I lay down on my bed that's how clueless I was temple I didn't even know that you're supposed to sit up when you meditate I lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation Mm -hmm. and immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state I could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way up to the top of my head and I felt like I was plugged into this cosmic electric socket but in a most ecstatic way and I didn't know you know I figured well I guess this is meditation (laughs) didn't know any better Uh, but in fact I had had my first meditation experience and also kundalini awakening all at the same time without any drugs or anything like that 
So wow. I just kind of stumbled upon that experience somehow. And it was, it was quite uh, amazing and very powerful. And it changed my life. And, and a friend took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center. And I saw a picture of the guru on the wall. And immediately I could tell just from looking at his picture that this is where I'm going to learn real meditation. But it wasn't just about meditation because he had a particular philosophy that attracted me and attracted so many of my generation. And that was he believed that in order for the forest to be green, the trees must be green. In mm. order for the world to be at peace, individuals must be at peace. And that philosophy of world peace, that's what really attracted me. And that's the reason why I ended up spending two decades in his various ashrams and on his personal staff for six years. And uh, in case you don't know who Maharishi uh, is, he was the guru of the Beatles. And I wrote a book about uh, my memoir here, Maharishi and Me Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. So that's how I that's beautiful. Got started. And, and, and Susan, they can find your books on drsusan.org. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or that's Amazon. Where you can find them. Or you Amazon. can find them anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Any, any place books yeah. are sold. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So that, those words, um, Marlo Thomas uh, wrote a book, Right Words at the Right Time. Have you ever seen that one? Right Words at the Right Time. And it's, it's brilliant. It's chicken soup for the soulish. In other words, she asked a lot of well-known people, you know, what were the right words that you heard at the right time? And how did it shapeshift you and, and, and lead you to a, a new place? And, um, and that whole idea uh, of peace and being at peace within yourself. Is I, I love that closing of the um, well the the peace song and the peace song that is sung in unity you know and let it begin with me that's like a big that's like a big thing that's not something that rhymes I mean the the bottom line is if we could start there right and and living in the, in that grace but um, well that. That is is wonderful, and you know I'm I'm with you. I uh, I mostly um, <laughs> well, I was quite dysfunctional. So I mean, I I drank so much that uh, one could call it almost like a unconscious suicide attempt because of the level that I drank, and I went to jail twice, and I had I don't know twelve car accidents. A few of those I shouldn't be here other than the fact that the soul had a purpose and, and you know, and I, I get all that part of it, but that being said, what was hysterical, uh, Dr. Susan is that I would almost drink myself to death, but I was afraid to take any kind of pills because I didn't want to hurt myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, right. I mean that, you know, that's why they call it that it is a, that it is a disease deeply, but all that said, I've never really latched onto that. You know, the, the trends now of, the, of this time in the 21st century is ayahuasca. And I, you know, I hear people talking about that they just love it and stuff like that. But I just don't want to do anything where I'm not in my body. You know, it just, 
I'm with you. I just want to be awake and alert and um, aware because I feel like you can get there just with that. How, how do you feel about that? Well, absolutely. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that if you want to meditate or if you want to have experiences, spiritual experiences, experiences of higher consciousness, in order to really have genuine experiences, drugs is not the answer. Drugs is not a path for spiritual awakening. Yes. And yeah. And, you know, I mean, for example, the Beatles went through that in a very heavy way until they realized, no, this is not the way. This is right. not my, this is not my way to nirvana. And, you know, when you say, let it begin with me, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Beginning with me means taking personal responsibility. Every one of us is responsible. Uh, you know, every thought, word, and deed goes out into the universe. Uh, it's just like throwing a pebble in the center of a pond. The waves go out from that center, go to the edge of the pond, and then come back just as it was sent out. So mm -hmm. everything that we do has consequences, has consequences not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our city, our state, our nation, the entire world, the entire universe. Everything yeah. we think, everything we say, everything we do is creating our destiny. Um, as Buddha said in the very first uh, verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, he said, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. Mm -hmm. All that we are, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. And then he goes on to say, if a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So what he's telling us is that we create our reality moment by moment, day by day, not only for ourselves, but collectively for every, everyone and everything around us. We create it through every thought, every word, and every deed. And Jesus said the same thing. He, he mm -hmm. said it so many times in so many ways, but the way that I love that he said, he said, we are not defiled by what we put into our mouth. We are defiled by what comes out of our mouth. Yeah. So that's the reason why in unity and in all new thought teachings, affirmation is key. It is really fundamental for us to speak positively and to use affirmations because affirmations have an instant positive result. It changes our attitude. It changes our whole frame of reference instantly. So that's why in so many of my books, I teach affirmation and prayer, um, but also meditation and mantra, all these methods that can really help us to change. We have to start somewhere. You were saying that people, you know, they may feel that they're not enough. You know, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't really realize my dream, but you have to start somewhere. So in my opinion, a way to really start is to change your mind, change your attitude. And best possible way to do that is through affirmation and meditation and prayer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think for, for me too, a turning point, uh, we're going back a ways, is that, you know, it, it, and this is what I realized, you know, coming into sobriety, I've been sober 40, 34 years 
most of my life. But that being said, it was, it took as much energy to fail and mess up, if, if not more, if not more, you know, than it did to just move forward with success, to move forward with, like you're saying, the dreams, the thoughts, the action, and the intentionality, because it takes, it takes a lot of energy to be out of harmony with nature, right? And nature is always urging us to become in our template, in our Templar, what we are, what we came here for. And so when there's that resistance and holding back and the, and the fight of not being that, um, it's painful and, and stressful. And, um, and we urge all of you today, if you're having a space within yourself, I mean, just you start, I think that's the key. It ought to be a big banner that goes across our heads today that says, just start where you are, you know, just start now. You know, a lot can be accomplished in a small amount of time as far as inner peace and joy and, and life and love. And I, I was telling um, someone uh, the other day, you know, I said at our, at the former campus that I served 18 years, I said, we have a no profanity uh, clause and understanding. That's a value for us. No profanity on our campus. And a staff member or two along the way has been written up because they use profanity. And, uh, and the individual said, well, I don't do it when I'm at community. I just do it in my private life. <laughs> well, isn't that special? You know, <laughs> isn't that special? Uh, karma isn't divided among where you stand. It's how you stand. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So of all your 20 books, uh, what would, do you have a favorite? Are they all? Oh, I love all my books. <laughs> what was your, what was your first one and how did it come my, about? My first one was Divine Revelation. And that came about through listening to the still small voice and following inner guidance. It never would have been published by Simon and Schuster as if author's first book, Unknown spiritual author who knows nothing about writing and went to art school got published by Simon and Schuster only because I listened to guidance, inner guidance and followed it mm -hmm. at some point in my life. It was the middle of the eighties. At some point I made the conscious decision that I would be led by spirit as much as I possibly could. I mean, you can't do it hundred percent. It's impossible mm -hmm. because it's very challenging, but I made the choice that what I would do is I would ask for guidance as often as I need to, that I would meditate and absolutely have conversations with divine beings, beings of light, with deity, with higher self, whatever you want to call it. It's all really, it's all the spiritual world, spiritual plane, to have conversations with God and to listen to that inner voice and to trust it and to follow it. So I did that with my first book and it was the book, uh, divine revelation. It was the book wrote itself basically. And then when I wanted to get it published, I asked spirit, well, how, what do I do? And the spirit said, well, go to the, go to the uh, library. 
and find yourself a literary agent. There was no internet. Right, <laughs> you right. You went to the library. <laughs> Go to the library and find yourself a liter literary agent. And I looked through the list of agents in this one, just, I knew right away, Jeff Herman. He was a business book agent. He didn't even agent spiritual <laughs> books. <laughs> but I just had a feeling he was the one. And so I sent all my, uh, I sent my book proposal to him. But I didn't just send it only to him. I didn't have quite enough, that much faith. I sent it to 30 agents, but he was the first, wow. one, to, he was the first one to respond. He responded within two days after receiving my proposal. So, uh, you know, I, long story short, I signed with Jeff. He tried to sell the book and he got some rejections. And all of a sudden I get this letter from the Jeff Herman agency. It says, oh, we're very sorry, but we've had a staff shortage, shortage and we can no longer re represent you. And I was like, oh my God, I asked Spirit. Spirit told me this is my agent. What, what's going on? What the heck, yeah. And so I went into meditation and asked and Spirit said, well, uh, no, he's your, he's your agent. Don't try to sign with another agent and don't try to sell the book yourself. So I went back to him and I said, well, my intuition says you're, you're my agent, <laughs> this business book guy. And, and so what happened? Well, nothing happened. And then eventually I heard back from him and, and it said, he said, um, well, I'm sorry, um, but I can't represent you. So I went back into meditation again and spirit said, no, he's, he's still your agent. Don't, don't sign with another agent and don't try to sell the book yourself. So I go back to him again. My intuition still says that you're my agent. Well, months go by, literally months go by. And then all of a sudden I get this phone call out of the blue from Jeff Herman. And he says, we're very impressed with your perseverance. We decided to represent you. My <laughs> office and meet my partner. We're going to handle your book. So I went to the office in downtown Manhattan, and he's all the business books are stacked on the wall, you know. <laughs> like, and then this this woman appears, this beautiful woman with long black curly hair, and it turns out she's a psychic. <laughs> she gives me a psychic reading. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it ended up that he sold the book to Simon and Schuster. And wow. my editor, Simon and Schuster, said it's the very best written book she ever edited since she started working there. And, you know, it turned uh, out pretty well. What a love story. And have you continued to stay with Simon and Schuster through your journey? or No, but I do have um, this book, for example, was published by a division of Simon and Schuster, okay. Sky Horse. Yes. And I have a book coming up called The Inner Light, How India Influenced the Beatles. And that is published by Permuted Press, which is also a part of Simon and Schuster. Wow, that sounds very exciting. Could, could yeah. you say the title again? How the, the... the Inner Light, How India Influenced the Beatles. Wow. And you can you can pre-order it right now on Amazon. It's available. Okay. In fact, not just on Amazon, you can pre-order it on Barnes and Noble, on Target, on a lot of places. Yeah, that's wonderful. That sounds like a fascinating book. Where do you where do you currently live? Uh, I live in an RV, and I have no home base. This is my RV. 
Oh, I meant I have lived. I meant more the city. <laughs> yes. So I've lived in an RV, a van, or a trailer since 1989. Oh my gosh, girl, that's country. fascinating. I love that. I I had no I had no idea. Meaning that doesn't make you more or less. I just I I didn't know that. And having had an experience. Um, the the messages from spirit um because like you um you know i do my best to listen to them and i was told eight times by by people some i didn't know that i was moving here to santa barbara and so and that was last spring and that was okay this is something that i must do i don't understand it because i really love everything about my life where i am but that being said um my wife reminded me that that was more my thing. And yet she's fully enrolled. She's fully, she's here at the unity of Santa Barbara right now, making decisions. She's on a team already. But that being said, she reminded me that she had a dream. um, Dr. Susan called an RV. And so we just, we just bought an RV and, um, and we didn't know anything about it. We didn't study a book. We didn't take a class. I mean, it helped us. We didn't even look at an ops manual, but we're like, just take off on this, you know, new RV to us. And, but it's so incredible. And our, our sister, Teresa, uh, she helped us immensely and, um, and kind of guiding us, you know, and, but it's, it's really, really interesting because I was telling a, a group a couple of weeks ago, I needed the experience of the RV because I saw America. I saw yeah, people I- that live in America. I witnessed generosity. I witnessed, how can I help you? I witnessed, can we do anything for you? Not the America that's fueled by lack and hate and violence on 24-7 news. That is not the America that we live in. So anyway, I just, uh, I, I think that's so cool that you've been doing that. I want to know more of, about that because um, you you were way long ahead of Nomadland. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Wow, girl, that's beautiful. Yeah, Spirit had guided me to, to live that way. And mm-hmm. So I have, you know. <laughs> I'm still living in the RV. I've gotten better RVs, you know. <laughs> better. Right. But um, anyway, yeah, it's there's a certain freedom. What uh, city are you in now? What where uh, you? I'm in I'm in Pennsylvania okay. right now. All right. <laughs> in, yeah, but I but that doesn't mean I'll be uh, in the same place tomorrow. I, in fact, I'm going to be in New Jersey tomorrow. So okay, yeah. Well, if you find <laughs> your way on the West Coast, let me know. For okay. sure. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. or in Florida at First Unity. Uh, you know, because they're awake again, meaning uh, they have authors coming and and great light like you, and you're you're such a you're such a blessing. I want to thank all of you for uh, tuning in and being with us. We're going to be right back after this short break, and well, you'll learn more about uh, Dr. Susan. Go to drsusan.org and find out more. And we'll be right back, and you can visit me at templehays.com. 
los piden al lugar. You found the most positive place on the internet. Thanks for listening to Unity Online Radio. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.